off top. The ancient Babylonians of more than 4,000 years ago are believed to be the first people to make New Year's resolutions. Play the music! This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show, presented by Allstate. Happy New Year to you, Bill, and you, Charlie, and everyone else in the world. This is awesome. Another year, us together. This is great. Best year, yeah. New Year together. This is the nicest Dominique is going to be all year. It's downhill (laughs) from this point forward. The hater energy increases as the year goes along. I I have no hater energy. That's my resolution. And my resolution is to be a nicer person. I'm not mean. I'm nice. I'm kind. I'm thoughtful. It's true. My resolution is to gallivant more. <laughs> well, I hope you survive the February gallivant because you, sir, you're a great gallivanter, but a little bit of a lightweight when it comes right. to having a beverage. I am who I am. You have a whole week in Vegas ahead of you, Charlie. <laughs> Remember, well, Char- Charlie, I lived on the strip for a year. I learned the hard way. <laughs> We'll see if I survive the week and if I can stick to my resolution after February 12th. <laughs> We're going to make sure you survive. I'm going to make sure you don't die. Guys, get uh, your hands up. Throw them up. We begin our football coverage today with our good hands moments presented by Allstate. You're in good hands with Lamar Jackson. You're in good hands when you have a quarterback who is as quarterbacky as Lamar Jackson. Lamar more or less locked up the MVP and went out for five touchdowns as the Ravens annihilated the Dolphins. Blew them out. My question coming off of that game, they have an incredible defense. They have the MVP playing quarterback. They're incredibly well coached. Do you view the Ravens as a cut above everyone else in the NFL? First of all, I like to appreciate how well you did that so that we can edit out all that wonderfulness before. (laughs) But trust me, fans, you missed out on a good thing. Um, Second of all, Excellent virtue signaling by saying Lamar Jackson quarterback and out of the quarterback out of all quarterbacks multiple times. I love it, Charlie. That's why you're my guy. Um, I don't even remember what the question is, but Lamar is out of his mind. It wasn't just him. Like there were a number of one-handed catches from Mm -hmm. defenders, from tight ends, from linebackers. This team seems like when you look around the league, it feels like there are two teams that are good and a bunch of other guys, the 49ers, one of the teams, and the other ones are, and the other one is the Ravens. And as much as we want to give credit to how well that defense played, shutting down the Dolphins' offense, I think it's appropriate that Lamar Jackson is our good hands player because when it was time to lock down this MVP conversation, he had that game against the 49ers, and then he bookended it, I guess not bookended it, then followed it with a five touchdown through the air performance, which doesn't even take to account all the other ways he impacts defense. It was incredible to see. This felt like not just a coronation for Lamar Jackson, but also a coronation for every big decision the Ravens have made over the past couple of years, right? Like they go out and they trade for Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith mm-hmm. intercepts a pass. Roquan Smith tips away or, or or takes away a pass to set up a second interception. Middle of the field gets taken away. Dolphins way fewer yards after catching this game than they've had previously. And then for Lamar, it's not just, you know, that Lamar got better, but they replaced Greg Groban. They brought in Todd Bunkin. They had a more diverse passing attack than they've had in years past. The receivers, Zay Flowers, has a 75-yard touchdown yeah. on on the very, like, 
I believe the very same RPO the Dolphins ran a million times last year, which has to hurt Mike McDaniel to see his own speed concepts used against him in a big game. Uh, we saw, uh, I say it likely, the backup tight end behind Mark Andrews, who was drafted last year, make an incredible catch, have a huge game here. We saw Odell Beckham have a big catch down the sideline, set up another touchdown. We saw a team that feels fully realized, I, I think, in a way that no other team in the NFL does, where I feel like as we head into the postseason, even the Niners, as good as the Niners are, we look at them more like eh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy might melt down if things aren't perfect around him and Christian McCaffrey's hurt now. We don't have those same questions about the Ravens right now. That, I don't know how you guys feel. Well, that was masterfully done by you to frame all of it that way. You need to wear a coat all the time if this is what version of Bill that we get when you're in the coat. I will say throw uh, Patrick Queen in there also and playing really well. There mm-hmm. was a time when Patrick Queen was thought to be a miss, but Roquan Smith showing up allows Patrick to move to a position where he is uh, more comfortable and more impactful in the mm-hmm. game. This defense has been great against a lot of offenses this year and it's crazy it feels like the point that you're making is we often and I'm guilty of this also sometimes of thinking like there's the 49ers and then the Ravens are close behind then they beat them last week and in watching that game I was like yeah I thought the Ravens were gonna win they did win but it didn't feel like the Ravens were just so much better than them but you look at the way Ravens on the course of this season and we've said this a number of times their losses felt more fluky than anything like they barely they, trailed all season. Yeah. Yes. If 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 we take out those or don't don't even take them out, just factor in how they played in all of those games and understand that they they I mean you're rubbing your chin as if you you knew this or you were right. Well, well, I I, I did say the Ravens were the most uh, what was the word I used? Terrifying team in football <laughs> earlier this year on the round the horn with the only problem being that they also terrorize themselves yeah. when it comes to these games. But I mean, Dominique, this is a very insightful point you're going on. If we just take out the games, the Ravens no, lost, I, I they stopped. are dominant. I stopped. I stopped because that's not what I meant. Not take out the games that they lost. I mean, if we don't look at their record, it's a, re- a weird thing to say for the team to have the number one overall seed in all the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think their record makes them seem worse than they actually are. If we don't look at their record and look at the way that they perform throughout the course of this season, I think we would have a better appreciation for how good this team uh, really is and how good they can be. And then there's all the cliches about playing your best ball at the right time. They look better and better. They look better than they did against the 49ers, mm-hmm. which yeah. I, you, you expect a letdown game to some degree. I know the Dolphins are an important opponent, but you think like, all right, this game is important to secure this home field advantage, knowing it's a big game, going on the road to San Francisco and winning, followed by another big game. You know when you have to win lots of big games in a row? In the playoffs. And these are like kind of, I don't know, like not concrete points to make, but it's fun to see this team playing well right now. So there's something that you guys said that really stuck out to me because you were talking about the 49ers, which I think we can still agree is a top team along with the Ravens in the NFL. The betting odds reflect that. But you were saying how everything needs to be perfect for that offense to succeed. And the interesting thing is, we're like, oh, the Ravens lost Keaton Mitchell. Maybe the running game will, the game will take a step back. No, Justice Hill will just be incredibly explosive from the line of scrimmage and all-purpose yards. Mark Andrews is out for the regular season. Are they going to take a step? Isaiah Likely is just the exact same player as Mark Andrews when you give him the amount of routes that Mark Andrews is running. It seems like they're a machine with replaceable parts, which is really interesting 
and there's one part on the offense which is not replaceable, which is Lamar Jackson. Um, Ravens they fans. do have that, that Pro Bowl backup quarterback behind him in Tyler. Oh, Hardy. Snoop. Throw a touchdown in this game. Uh, uh, um, I think on uh, Get Up last week, I talked about how great Lamar was, and I said it would be scary if he was ever, like, consistently, like, accurate because he has stretches where he's inaccurate. Ravens fans have taken that to get mad at me online and say that I say that he's inconsistent with his with his accuracy. But even in the course of the game, we saw that. But it's not a problem. It's it's not a problem until it is. So right now, Lamar Jackson is playing great football, and I'm enjoying it. And he's going well, to get the MVP. Well, then, then there's the question. It's not a problem until it is because you brought up the Brock Purdy of it all, which he could melt down in the playoffs. Lamar is someone who hasn't played as well in the playoffs as he has in the regular season. I think the three touchdowns, seven interceptions over the course of his playoff career. Are you any questions that this team is going to perform worse in higher leverage situations? I mean, it's the NFL. They're going to play good teams. There's a chance that they don't play as well. In Maybe. Who knows in the AFC playoffs? Yeah, they might not fair. play good teams. I don't. That's fair point. I don't have any legitimate concerns because the thing about it is they're it doesn't feel like anything concrete to me, you know, like it, it feels like more narrative than, than fact. And when the sample size is as mm-hmm. small as career playoff games, like it's going to, they're, they're going to be skewed. I, I can't concentrate. Bill's giving me all the faces. Tell me where I'm wrong, Bill. I mean, it does seem like there might be some cause and effect there, right? Like you're saying, oh, they got a small sample size in the playoffs. That's kind of because they keep losing yeah. the first time they play in the playoffs. That's like, fair. Those but I mean, you are kind of related a bit. I, I used the buzzword that I thought you would appreciate and <laughs> got a frown. That's what threw me off. I said sample size. Uh, uh, oh, you already said you already said we shouldn't consider wins and losses, which you know is right near and dear to my heart. I know. So I'm I appreciate to win you that. Over in the new year, I appreciate that you're trying to make up. You didn't get anything, me anything for Christmas, so I appreciate that for the new year. You're trying after, to set me up after last wrong. after last episode where I went into psychology and emotion of the game. <laughs> I felt like I was going to lean in and get Bill back by talking about sample size and wins are are useless stat, and instead I get. Suit jacket frowny face bill. That's not what I want. That's not what I want. I want happy bill in 2020. 2024 is a business year, Tommy Foxworth. <laughs> That's why I'm here in the suit. That's why I'm saying you gotta conduct your business in the new year I and like win it. in the postseason. Well, I mean, and I, I hope that I, sorry, sorry. I hope I hope no, that no. we don't have a poor performance out of them because I do Me like, too. I, I'm not gonna want to hear that for another year. I'm not gonna want to add any more credence to the idea that there's something wrong with Lamar or the Ravens in the playoffs because I don't think it's true. I agree. And and I don't think there's like some magic thing that's gonna change with the Ravens that would lead them to suddenly struggle. I, I don't believe that's the case, but when I think about this team and I try to be logical and reasonable and say, okay, what, what could happen? What might be the concern for me? I would look towards the secondary and not because of talent, but because of injuries. They lost Marlon Humphrey during this game. Brandon Stevens, one of their starting corners, uh, missed the game. Kyle Hamilton, who has been incredible this year, mm-hmm. missed the game. And I know they were playing the Dolphins who didn't have Jalen Waddell. Um, they still had an incredible performance, still took away Tyreek Hill for most of the game. who got hurt early on. They made Tua look bad. Tua got injured late in this game. Um, the Dolphins are a mess right now. But if there is a weakness, it's the secondary has some injuries. So I'm just trying to think if we're sitting here in two weeks 
Uh, and we're saying, man, we believed in the Ravens and we got fooled. What fooled us? That seems like the most obvious place things could go wrong. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, but it seemed like they showed up today and ready for a no shootout question. and only one team was ready for the shootout. And if they're capable of doing that going forward, then the secondary may not be an issue. But yeah. you're right. That is that is the weak spot of the team right now. If you're picking one out. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope that we don't have to deal with that. I want the best teams <laughs> to win. And and like the imagining the oh, and what if it's the Browns imagining that oh lord jesus oh god flacco going into baltimore charlie and i are are thinking the exact same thing just Uh, waiting to mention joey franchise oh man i'm so excited we'll get there we'll get there but first we have to we have to pivot and crush guys the eagles are so mid this team is so mid like they blew a huge lead to the cardinals the cardinals the owner of three wins Coming into this game, that's who came back and beat the Eagles. Of course, they have Kyler Murray. They're a different team. But we know what the Eagles are supposed to do when they get the big lead. Beat the out of their opponents because they're the Eagles. And they're bigger and stronger. And they can convert convert every fourth down. But they didn't. And we're getting close to playoff time. And I want to ask you guys, because I am, are you ready to write off the Eagles after seeing them lose at home to the Cardinals? The, the only time I've seen Charlie have this level of joy and disdain at the same time is talking about Brandon Staley. Yep, and that, 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 that's what this feels like to me. It's like Brandon Staley has staley the Eagles, perhaps. Don't forget Arthur Smith, but this also got the commanders in pole position for the second overall pick. So nice. this yeah, is a huge – this whole thing was big for me. Charlie Incre- loves Incredible, commanders. incredible 48 hours for Charlie and the commanders – but absolutely, this has been an Eagles team where even when they were 10-1, and 1, we were coming on this show every week and just sort of being like, mm, kind of crappy, but Jalen Hurts pretty good. Push-push works. They always pull these games out. And now, like, like, like this was like a, a close game by the final score. It was not a close game when you watch that game play out. The Cardinals threw a pick six, like a 98-yard pick Mm -hmm. six on a play where a receiver ran the wrong route. They had an onside kick. The Eagles recovered for a short field, like like on a play-by-play basis, like not just like you got a couple breaks go your way, like on a down-by-down basis, the Cardinals were comfortably the better football team in this game. And this has been happening week after week. And it was one thing when it was the Niners. It was one thing when the Bills outplayed the Eagles for the first half. The fact that this is happening with the Cardinals now, it really tells you how far this team has and fallen. They they got a new defensive coordinator, and the defense got worse. Uh, it's so. I think your point is a, is a fair one because they were up what twenty one to six at one point. I think it was at home, and that would suggest that they are a better team that got sloppy. But your point is fair. Like the pick six was a big part of that. Like, can I just, I'm sorry to do this if this is boring, but uh, I just want to go through the the drive logs for, or the drive log for the card. You really are trying to appeal to my sensibilities today. They, did, they didn't. just read them the play by play. Log us. Log us. It's because they didn't stop. They did not stop them. So first drive, field goal. Second drive, eight plays all the way down to the red zone. Miscommunication. That's the pick six. Next drive, field goal. Next drop, end of half. Next drop, touchdown, 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 touchdown. They did not force a punt. And the one interception they had was on the one-yard line, 99 yards for a touchdown, and it was a miscommunication. It wasn't even like it was some incredible defensive play. 
Kyler threw it to the wrong spot or the receiver went, ran the wrong route. That's your defense with, I mean, yeah, I get it. They don't have all the personnel. They're getting older, but against the Cardinals, I get it. Kyler Murray's back. He's better than you thought, but it's the Cardinals. You can't get a stop against Gannon and at home, at home, Charlie, Billiam at but home. It, it, the thing is, it wasn't even Kyler. The Cardinals ran for 221 yards. James yeah. Conner obliterated Connor them. With a one-handed catch in the end zone. Oh, did you see that Michael Carter juke? He, he oh. retired somebody. Oh. What oh. noise did you make? Yeah, what noise did you make when you saw that? Yeah, it was it was, it was was erotic, the noise I you made. Know, you, you know those videos where it'll be like a dad like playing basketball with his baby? Um, and like he'll, like, he'll, cr- he'll cross the baby and the baby will fall Man. down. That's what that felt like. But it was a real adult on the other side of the field. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, that that one is gonna make his rounds on the internet. I think for years to come because it was so out in open space and just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I made a noise. It's very how gross do you, noise that I can't. Do- Dominique, I recognize that did not happen to you during your career, but hey, but- hey, 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 hey. There was one time we went okay. to. Um, it was my first or second year. I think we went to uh, San Diego, and I was playing nickel and. Fortunately for me, it was in a hole, which made it more impressive, but less obvious. I don't think anybody saw it, but I went to go meet LaDainian Thomason in a hole, and I'm coming. I'm a smaller guy, so all my tackles, I am coming very aggressively. I'm not expecting people to juke. They're going to try to run me over, so let's go. Let's do this. This man gave me the nastiest in-and-out move I had ever experienced. It was so damn quick it was the quickest I ever experienced in my life <laughs> and I, was, I didn't even touch him it was in a hole i don't think it, it was impossible i think the hole was big enough for two people it was two people wide and he broke me down to my knee and i didn't even touch him and i you producers don't you dare go try mm-hmm. to find this play get that all 22 set up I, I just how do you how do you handle that heading into the room on monday like like how do wow. you, you well, just yeah, I mean, so it, it's there are two rooms. So, oh, that Cardinal room is going to be so excited. It's going to be <laughs> so much fun. Uh, the Eagles would have been much better had they had they won, because then you just come in and you have fun roasting them. But you're still going to get some laughs in. But while you're in the room, it has to be somber, and the coach is going <laughs> to click past it. They're going to click past it quick. Because ain't there's no culture point. Don't burn do the that. tape. Burn the tape. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're it. past that one. That, at least that one. We no, we don't need to watch that. We know what happened. But yeah, you are getting roasted. Somebody might print out a picture and put it in your locker. Oh, it's, oh no, you got JPEGs are coming out of, out of this. That's abysmal. <laughs> you gotta you gotta make it last. Uh, I, I mean, like this is good. not a one week thing for the Eagles. This was one bad game. We could sit here and say, okay, well, you know, they're they're not peaking at the right time, like Dominique said earlier. You know, they're they're not gonna get the one seed. They, they ain't never be, peaked. They might not even be the they peaked a year ago <laughs> during the playoffs. Um it, is there any reason to believe they can turn things on once we get to the postseason? Any reason to think there's something they're holding back or something that they can do that they're not doing right now? The, any hope? the best argument for them and a lot of other um like slightly above average teams is that there are a lot of slightly above average teams. So I think their familiarity with the Cowboys 
And that's like they there's not a team in the NFC that they're not capable of beating. But then they got to play the 49ers. And that's what it comes all, down to. They got to play. All the they got to do is just break Brock Purdy's elbow again <laughs> and get away with like a 40 yard catch, hey. a sonic catch that the Niners don't challenge, uh, force Josh Johnson to play football. As long as the Eagles can do that, they're in great shape. CMC got an ankle today. Yeah, he got got left the game. Calf. Uh, calf. Well, that could be anything. Here. They said it was a calf, but they were tight. They were retaping his ankle. So I, I saw the report say calf, but why you? Anyway, it doesn't matter. He had an issue today, which is concerning. Um, Kittle got up slow a couple times. I don't know. This is the problem with this 49ers roster is their, their um, offense is designed around unique players like Debo and Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. And it's real hard to run that again when them guys ain't healthy. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of those other slightly above average teams in the NFC. We're going to travel back to Saturday night. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. The Cowboys, they beat the Lions on a really iffy call. I'll just say it was a bad call. I, honestly, it's like a, it seemed horrendous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was an illegal touching of the football after Taylor Decker um, informed the referee that he was going to be eligible. The referee thought that a different offensive lineman, Dan Skipper, had reported as eligible and called off the two-point conversion, which would have given them a one-point lead with less than 30 seconds to play. With that said, it seems like the Lions have righted the ship. The defense was a lot better. They played well against a good team. Coming out of that game, which team do you feel better about, Cowboys or Lions? Hmm. I feel better about the Cowboys and players and better about the Lions coaching staff. Mm, <laughs> I agree. It was very unusual to see. It felt like the emotional uh, or, or the the motivation for the offense at the end of the game should have been that of the defense, and the defense should have been that of the offense. So why are we throwing the ball? <laughs> Let's keep the clock running at the end of the game. Let's be conservative. And on defense – Let's continue to be aggressive because it is destroying Jared Goff. So why are we being passive on defense? It was just a weird, like, I don't know, Freaky Friday mind shift at the end of the game. But I do think that what we saw from the Lions was impressive, but it's all based on Aiden Hutchinson getting pressure. And the if Aiden Hutchinson is enough to be a one-man pass rush, then they have uh, they have a team that should be respected. Uh, he hasn't been enough all season, so I don't suspect that he's going to be enough for the playoffs. So the Cowboys do have that, and they have an offense that uh, can be effective. Dak was still on point all game when Aiden Hutchinson wasn't sitting in his lap. So I feel better about them. Mostly agree with what Dominique has to say here. I, I, I will say I don't believe that this is going to change for the Cowboys. Like, yeah. the the – the inability to manage a late game situation. Not like this is some, some new problem that Mike McCarthy suddenly has developed here. It's a different way. They almost blew this game. Like, like you don't expect Mike McCarthy to be too conservative as opposed to being too aggressive in this moment. But like, you could see the energy emanating coming off the Cowboys after all that happened late in that game. And they're coming off the sideline to celebrate. It felt like, they had stolen something, right? Like, I think everybody in that building, everyone on that sideline was like, oh, no. Here we go again. Same old 
And then they got a reprieve and they felt great about it. But I, 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 I can't believe they're actually going to take away from that game. Oh, yeah, we're good if we get in the close game late against a good team. We're going to be fine. We're going to figure it out. I feel like they're going to be even more terrified because they know they did not deserve to it's, win that game. It's back-to-back weeks of game-winning drives that they gave up. Right? It's mm-hmm. back-to-back weeks of getting of their defense getting in that situation and not being able to stop anyone. And I think that to, I guess I understand Dan Quinn's logic. It's like what we have is a pass rush. And at some point, one of these guys is going to get free. Micah Parsons had a a tough matchup, fine. But Lawrence was balling all game. Mm -hmm. Where was he? Like, I think that's what he was expecting. But it was unusual to see them playing that well when it felt like uh, Gilmore could cover anybody. It didn't seem like there were many open windows through the course of that game. And to get in a situation where you don't want to give it a big play, I get it, but you're better be better in that situation uh, uh, Jared Goff you forced two turnovers from like yeah go ahead be aggressive play hard play right. like you want to win not like you're scared to lose right again you know Jared Goff like this is not some secret about what Jared Goff is because he's very good when you don't pressure him and yeah. he is uh like like an M&M shell without the candy when you don't when you don't pressure him uh or when you, when, when you get pressure all on him so melty. like it's very clear all melty like yeah. you know what to do to beat the Lions and beat Jared Goff. Now, what I admire about this game from Dan Campbell is that after they ran that trick play, should have got the lead, did not get it because of a terrible call. He was just like, screw it. I don't care what the situation is. I don't care how far away we are. We are going. I don't care how many, how many play calls we've had. We're on our fourth uh gotta have it two-point play to win the game from the seven yard. Like I don't care. We're still going <laughs> for it. it. I it. I respect that from Dan Campbell. That's like that's how I would coach or how I would call plays in a Madden game. I respect <laughs> that Dan Campbell was on tilt and just say we gotta go for it no matter what. That's exactly what my son said while he was watching. He's like, that's yes. how I play Madden. He's like, they went, they went. He he said they went back set to the seven and still went for it. I was like, yeah. And it's like Dan Campbell seems consistently to. It's like a it's a mistake that he always lines up with the anal- analytics because all his decisions line up with the analytics. But I get the feeling that that's not why he's picking it. No, he no is question. not listening to his ear. He is saying, man, go for it and man downs. This is great because I now just got the full viewing experience of how you watch that game because you said you told the Cowboys to just be better. You went full parenting <laughs> like you, Dan Quinn. You're reminding my or Dan Campbell, you're reminding my son, Dan Quinn, just be better. Get your get it together. <laughs> Control yourself. Yeah, let's have a little responsibility, man. Make some good decisions. Nope. Go for it again. Dan, Dan, Dan Campbell is fueled exclusively by Panera lemonade. Like there is no, <laughs> there is there is no coming back. There's no like, oh, I should reconsider my situation. Dan Campbell's never thought that in his entire life. It's funny because as as I um like watch my kids grow up, I like learn or I've noticed that a lot of what little boys are is the same thing as like adult men, but we learn to like control the the impulses that we have. But when you're young, you don't control them because like the thoughts don't go away. Dan Campbell has not learned it. He has not learned it. He's like, no. Oh, should I climb up on this high building and jump off? Why not? Sounds like a good idea. I th- oh, I saw a backflip on TV. Let me try. Hmm. Everyone learns that the hard way. Can't, yeah. Not everyone can do a backflip. <laughs> um. 
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur. Barnstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DF today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DF. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Um, all right, let's, let's, I'm, I'm really excited to pivot to this next topic. Me and Bill have been waiting since Thursday to talk about this. This is our Whoa. man's Joe Flacco, former Raven legend, now Cleveland legend. He's awesome. The Browns defense is awesome. You continue to doubt it, Dominique, but I have to uh, ask. What? Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, he could black out and like win a bunch of games in a row. Who's doubted that? I haven't doubted you. that. Which show are you listening to? Which show <laughs> Literally, are you listening to? Literally, the show we're on last week where oh we, me gosh. and Charlie were like, he is playing well enough for them to win. And you were like, no, he's I not as good sa- as the other okay. top quarterbacks. It's not entertaining to argue to be gaslit. So I will let you guys go on with this lie. But no, I no, didn't no, no. say that. Well, then throw it out. doesn't matter. I want to ask now because we have more evidence. They played this game without Amari Cooper, who Flacco funneled for 265 yards the week before. And now he's just turned David Njoku into someone who seems like a top-of-the-league tight end. 
the offense is objectively much better with Joe Flacco than it ever was with Deshaun Watson, which will be a very sticky situation going into oh, the offseason. What are you going to do with this guy? That. I can't but, wait to talk but about But before that. we get that, I do think that there's a real question of do you see this Flacco team as a real threat to win the Super Bowl? Seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do see them as a real threat. The tough thing is uh, – and I think this may be the confusing point that I made is I would not consider them the favorites because it's more mm-hmm. likely that the Joe Flacco thing is going to blow up one week. He's not, he's never been like uh, consistently. That's why the Joe is Joe Flacco elite question that ever existed is because you can watch a game, Joe Flacco. I'm like, damn, that's elite. And then you watch him a couple weeks later and you're like, Oh yeah. All those ones that he hit people with, they caught him this time or he's actually turning it over. Like that's the point. Is it, is it possible? Yes, of course it's possible. He did it before. <laughs> of course it's possible. Is it likely? No. What's well, likely? Like a a is little that bit likely. A little bit. It is not likely that he, I mean, the defense is really great, which helps. But I, yeah, I think it's going to be fun and incredibly stressful when they end up going into Baltimore for the AFC championship game. That's a distinct possibility. And that defense is ferocious. And Miles Garrett is going to win the defensive uh, MVP. It's all been fun. I do. Anyway, I'll let you go, Bill, before I get to this offseason. Because I actually think that's more interesting to me. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll deliver more uninteresting content before Dominique yes, can get to the do. interesting part of the conversation. Dominique, it's never been the question of whether this is uh, you know, likely. Of course, it's not likely because it's not likely for anybody. There's no clear favorite outside of the Ravens in the AFC. Oh. But the point we made last week that you were very skeptical of and that I want to I think I feel stronger about now is like the idea that Joe Flacco is not on the level of many of the other quarterbacks in this year's class. And the point that Charlie made, which I agree with wholeheartedly is like, yes, Joe Flacco is going to have games where he looks terrible moments where he throws the ball and you don't know why he was throwing that ball or who was open or why he threw it into triple coverage. But as the week went on last week, after we talked, we saw game after game where we saw other quarterbacks in the AFC, in the NFC doing the exact same thing. Josh Allen fits that definition. Patrick Mahomes fits that definition. Uh, You go elsewhere around the league. Brock Purdy even fits that definition. Dak had some ugly throws in that game. Jared Goff, we know, can turn the ball over and throw some inexplicable passes. Like, in a year where there's not many great quarterbacks, the bar for Joe Flacco to be in the discussion for credible, legitimate, just as solid as the other quarterbacks in the playoff picture... It's it's lower than it's been in years okay. past. And Joe Flacco is playing well enough to me that I think I don't think the Browns are at a significant disadvantage relative to a lot of teams in this postseason picture because of what they have a quarterback. Yeah, I, I if I suggested that I do not agree with that, I was wrong. I do agree with that. The problem there is those he's 38 years old and just got back from being at home. If there is someone of all these quarterbacks that you name that is more likely to lay an egg, it would be the guy who was out of the league and was really terrible with the Jets last week and or last year before last, I guess. That like that's all my, my only point is if I am picking a quarterback of this group Joe Flacco, I, I'm going to go Mahomes over Flacco. I'm going to go Lamar over Flacco. I'm going to go uh, Dak over Flacco. These are 
And I think that's not unreasonable, which is fine. Outside of Mahomes, none of them have performed better than Joe Flacco in the postseason. Not even close. Right. And none, none of them have performed better than Joe Montana in the playoffs either. But we're, Yeah, we're I would think Joe Montana over Dak Prescott in this prime. What are we talking about? I, no, in his prime, yes. But the point is, Joe Flacco is not in his prime. He's not in his prime. This is not, okay. <laughs> This is a ridiculous conversation. Joe, Joe, Joe Flacco's aging curve is very slow. Like, it's not like, like, you know, like there are certain guys like Cam, like Cam was like a rocket, like straight up, straight down. Joe Flacco, it's like a real gentle slope. Like you could bike, you would want to bike on it. You wouldn't want to roller skate over it. <laughs> all right. Well, the, the point that I mentioned after we got through all that boring stuff was the whole team is going to want Joe Flacco to be their quarterback. Yes. The, yeah. The, the, he turned, and that is a tough position to be in because the whole organization, like the management is going to want Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. the guy they committed that money to. This is, they've put themselves and Andrew Barry, I think is doing the right thing by trying to win with the team that they have now and getting the best quarterback in there. Very different than what the jets have been doing <laughs> over this process where they seemingly are, uh, have an eye towards not pissing off their quarterback. Uh, but this is why they do those things is because next year it's going to be, or that next off season, like you can't just send Joe home. Or even if you do send him home, his ghost is going to be there haunting everyone, wondering when you're going to bring him back. So it's going to be funny watching Amari Cooper try to pretend like he's happy that Deshaun Watson's the starting quarterback after he broke the franchise record and David Njoku pretending like he's happy Deshaun Watson is back after he seemed like the best tight end in football once he got a quarterback that, that would throw him the ball. Yeah, ah, ah, there's no answer to it, but it's going to be messy. So it sounds like what you're saying, Dominique, is the Browns need to either in- deliberately injure or make Joe Flacco some kind of incredible offer where like he's going to be on vacation next year, like like send him on like a to like a Caribbean island for like a you know a, a, a ten year vacation or something crazy. <laughs> like this nope. man, Joe Flacco's got like two hundred million bucks. He doesn't need the money. Like you can't. They you got can't what they, try what and they buy need him to off. do. What they need to do is win the Super Bowl. And and then who cares what happens next year? Then you bring Joe Flacco back, obviously, because he won the Super Bowl, and then you deal with it. That's what they need to do. So what do you, if, if Joe Flacco plays well enough where you feel like you have to bring him back next year? Are he's already played to... well enough that you have to bring him back next year. I agree. But like, yeah, you know, he's he, already done he, it. If he doesn't have like a four interception game in the postseason, if, if we go to the offseason and it's like, Joe's got to be our guy. Like, what do you do? Do you go to the league and you're just like, hey, if any of you guys are willing to take Deshaun's contract for, for a seventh round pick, we'll do it. Like, like are you just abandoning the Deshaun Watson situation altogether for a 38, 39-year-old quarterback? Uh, I, that's a really tough question when you put it that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, not abandoning it, I guess. Kind of abandoning it, though. Joe, no, I well, mean, why Joe, wouldn't you want to abandon it? Well, you wouldn't. Uh, best case scenario. No, I was going to say best case scenario is you have them both on the roster. That's a terrible scenario. And getting one off the roster is also a terrible scenario. Uh, if I don't think that anybody's going to take Deshaun Watson in that contract, given what he's done so far. And um, given that he still has like the stink of the 
um, sexual assault stuff. But he had around. he had the, that stuff on him last time too, and they still and the Browns gave up three right. first round picks and won exactly. a bidding war to get it. People people are much more willing to deal with that when they think they are getting an all pro level quarterback. Mm-hmm. They know they're not getting that. So I, I don't. I think it's going to be tough to move them. You'd have to move them and still pay the contract, which is it still pay a huge part of contract, which is uh, debilitating. So I don't know. It's a situation, which is why I said you got to win it this year. You also got to win it this year because this is our only chance as a collective to root for the Browns. Like next year Mm -hmm. when Deshaun's back, we're out. Like, like I'm not not going to pretend to be thrilled about the Browns. Not going to be like, oh, good to see Nick Chubb back. Gonna tell, gonna report about them professionally. Like, this is our chance to be like, oh, that Kevin Stefanski, what a great play caller. Andrew Berry, genius level coordinator. Jim Schwartz doing such a great job with that defense. All that stuff is out the window next year. I think there's going to become a point when they're like, I might be a couple years down the road. They're getting out of that contract early. Even if they have to pay it, they got to cut him ahead of time. Like this is like, he's not Russell the same Wilson football style. Okay. Yeah. Is there, except is for there, much worse. Yeah. Charlie, is there any team you think right now would go for the Deshaun Watson deal? If it was, just I was like going to ask you, no. no, I was going to ask you, would you trade? Would there be a world where the Broncos would take the risk of trading Russell Wilson straight up for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> That's just, just just like like nuclear waste being transferred from one country <laughs> to right. another. Maybe we'll do a better job of storing it than you were. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's really depressing. Uh, that's maybe, a depressing GM to GM conversation. Maybe the post-Rogers Jets? Like, is there but, anybody yeah. who would do it? Well, so, but like you've, you've been in a fantasy football league like that, yeah. where you, you draft someone in the second round and you're like, I don't know if this guy's good. Can I trade you Miles Gaskin for your backup running back? Is that possible? <laughs> so, oh gosh. Um, so I, I do want to talk um, about the the number one pick and that the the Bears locked that up because of the Panthers' incompetence. But before we get there, I got to ask you: Did you see David Tepper throw his drink at a Jaguars fan? Did you see that? Did you hear about that? What do you think about that? I did. I I I I love that he did it and then did like a little cup flip after like he had just hit a shot yep. in beer pong like he was thrilled about throwing about, about throwing the drink at this guy and like I think David Tepper's not stupid I I don't think he's totally naive to the reality that someone's probably filling him so he has to throw that cup knowing there's going to be repercussions. And that's how you know you're rich when you're like, I'll probably get fined like a hundred grand for this, but I, I, I want to throw a cup at this guy. That's when you know you have actual wealth in your pocket. It's so, like my roller coaster of emotions in watching that was I was infuriated immediately. And then I was like, but I'm sure that fan was being a complete. I don't want to defend anybody in this. Obviously no one should ever get a drink thrown on them unless they're on a reality show where that is like, par for the course where drink throwing is like a legitimate form of communication it's awful it's disappointing but i think obviously when you are the the face of an organization the head of an organization this big and this important to i don't know the identity of your city uh then you should not conduct yourself in such a miserable way it's just like disappointing i wish that we could have more fun with it but it just ends up making me sad and looking at him thinking that he can do whatever he wants to anybody i mean look well, man, yeah. we can make fun of it we can make fun of it this oh, guy yeah. traded two first round picks and dj moore for bryce young they're two and 14 he's throwing drinks on people 
It's just like, all ego, though. Like, that's what it, it just feels like ego and arrogance, and it makes me mad. But uh, yeah, laugh at it too. But I mean, yeah. like, like the, the, this entire run has been ego and arrogance. Like, this yeah. is totally par for the course. I, I, I don't like if, if if it wasn't Daniel Snyder, who is no longer an owner in the NFL, like, is there any owner who you feel worse about right now or around the NFL where you feel like he's actively sinking his team's chances more? Not one. Not one. And that that's also, that's that's the one thing that he can't buy. Like he cannot buy a successful quarterback and a successful football team, no matter how much he's trying right now. And in fact, the more money and the more resources he's pouring in, the worse the team is getting and the better he's doing for other teams around the NFL. Also, when you see a big mad billionaire. It's just funny. Oh, no it's question. just funny every no time. No question. He's just like acting like a giant toddler. Um, because because like th- this is someone who has who has no actual problems on a day to day basis. There is no no one is mean to him. Nobody gets in his way. No one he he he's insulated from every little minute problem of day to day life. And so to see him upset enough that he throws a drink is extremely funny to me. Yeah, hey, you deserve. Your- when you do stuff like that i think that's what what offends me more than anything is you're doing things that require you to then get in a fight without actually subjecting yourself to the possibility of getting in a fight you got a problem enough of a problem with that guy like if he's like accosting you and saying disrespectful things then i'm sure you can get him thrown out or moved or something like things that are completely inappropriate if he's just doing normal trash talk that's fine you can't control yourself enough climb down there and throw the drink in his face don't toss a cup and then run back and hide. Like, you want to be Mr. Angry Tough Guy? Then let's be Mr. Angry Tough Guy. Go get your whoop like the rest of us would if we walked around disrespecting people. That's all. Okay, you want I'm him to be Ted Leonsis and choke him. You shout out to Teddy Leonsis. Get busy. If you got a problem with him, put your hands on him then. Like, tossing a drink from above him. Where you can't, where nothing, and then, and then, uh, doing a sachet away. Get out of here with that <laughs> foolishness. Get your <laughs> down there and get your hands dirty. Then I, I feel like I'm alone is, in this, but I think this is a completely reasonable point. No, no, it would have been even it, funnier to see him get his <laughs> by Jaguars fans. Because you know Jaguars fans were itching for a fight. That is like the dream. If you can find an meet, NFL owner. Meet me at the City. Duval Waffle House. <laughs> meet me at the Duval Waffle House. I'm, 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 I'm going to dunk you in the pool. Like, that is not out of the realm of possibility. No, 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 no. That's attempted murder. Dunking somebody in that pool <laughs> is attempted murder by infection. Uh, Dominique, is there an NFL owner you would like to see? in a, a actual rumble with a randomly chosen fan from an NFL stadium on a Sunday. David Tepper. <laughs> We're just there. Yeah, open and shut case. Get in there. Mix it up, DT. Um, he the one who had like nuts on his ass because he's so tough. I'm such a manly man. Testosterone. I'm so manly. I got nuts on my desk. Fight then. <laughs> so... I agree that's the answer. But can we talk about what his incompetence has provided? The, the bounty. Bears? The, uh. the harvest for the Chicago Bears. I love this because, like, Ryan Poles has kind of made a bunch of really bad moves during his time yeah. as Bears GM. But this is such a good move that it's like, oh, you don't got to worry about Chase Claypool no more. Like, we're fine. Like, we, we drafted a 25-year-old kick returner in the third round. It doesn't matter. We're we got DJ Moore, baby. Uh, like, I, I, I love that because, like, I can appreciate that. 
in my day-to-day life. Like I, I, I screw up all the time, but I'm married to a wonderful woman. I got that right. doesn't matter. All that stuff is taken care of. I am like, I feel like the repercussions of all the mistakes you make can be erased if you just get the big thing right. And I feel like Ryan Pulse did that and I can relate to that. He's going to have another question on that though, because Mm -hmm. Ryan Pulse now has the first overall pick. He has a quarterback in Justin Fields who has one more year on his rookie deal, but has Mm -hmm. seemingly turned it around pretty rapidly. Um, This season is playing the best football of his career. He's got DJ Moore. What should the Bears do? Do they draft Caleb Williams or Drake May at the top of the draft? Both guys seem maybe not like Andrew Luck short things, but very, very, very high-level quarterback prospects. Or they could move down a couple picks, probably get another first-rounder, more draft capital, draft an Olu Fashanu or Marvin Harrison Jr., who are sure things at their position at wide receiver and tackle. What, what do you think they should do with Justin Fields? What do you think they should do with the assets they've accrued? Let's sit here and stare at each other. I'm really interested in what Bill's decision would be. I think so. The fans were chanting to keep Fields at at the game, but who cares what they think? They are caught up in the moment. Doesn't matter. Um, You're trying to get into fistfights with owners, so we don't got to worry about them. Exactly. And hopefully they succeed one of these days. Uh, So I guess to, to weigh the decision, you have a quarterback now that... If you're sure about, I guess that's what it comes down to. If you are sure that you have a quarterback, you keep them and you pay them. They're hard to find. Even if you're sure, even if you're not sure how high his ceiling is, if you are sure that he is a franchise elevator, like you get your team gets slightly better because he's a quarterback. Because honestly, most teams don't have that. They're looking for it. They have quarterbacks that are making their teams worse. (laughs) And if you have one, you keep them and you pay them. The tough thing, and I, under most circumstances, entering most drafts, I would say that is the decision to make, especially when you have two high first-round picks. You trade this one, and you get more stuff because chances are you're going to miss. So the logic behind that is you get more shots, you're going to hit some more, and you can build a great team even if the quarterback that you have now is just like starter level, assuming that's the case. The problem is having this conversation when there's a player or two players in the draft that are being talked about in a way that no other quarterbacks have been talked about in recent history. And so while we are in regular season football mode, I spend most of my time watching NFL football. So I have not had the time or ability to go like really break down the Caleb Williams tape, but I do know that we don't miss on these that often. Like it's very rare that the whole the whole uh, NFL world gets around someone and names him as a guy like Trevor Lawrence and like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, yeah, John Luck, Manning. Like these are, those are the guys that his grade is putting him in the conversation with. These are the good decisions that no one really wants to make because if he goes somewhere else and is immediately CJ Stroud or immediately one of the best quarterbacks in the football. There is nothing <laughs> that you could do to make up for that. If you draft him and Justin Fields goes somewhere else and it's just all right. And yours and your guys thinks you lost your job and you're never getting another one as a general manager. So it's an impossible decision to make because there's not even a safe choice. I don't feel like given this situation. This is a good problem to have. Like the Bears, for the majority of their existence, at least as long as I've been alive, have had no quarterbacks. Now, 
they might be picking between two good ones. Like they might have the option of a really exciting prospect, maybe the best prospect they've ever drafted at quarterback or a guy in Justin Fields who looks like, I mean, they're playing the Falcons who, oh my God, the Falcons need to get Justin Fields if they, if Justin Fields <laughs> is, a, is available. Uh, like Justin coach. Fields looked like a, ma- well, that's another question. Justin Fields is like a magician yeah. during this game. And like the numbers you look at them, they're not impressive. They're not like blow away, surefire numbers. I think we can make some excuses for those numbers, but this is not like three years ago where Kevin White was their top receiver or whatever, or was, you know, broken down Alshon Jeffrey. Like they have a legit number one in DJ Moore. They have Colcomet, who's a good tight end. They have more invested along their offensive line, and they need, <laughs> really need a left tackle. So Yeah, they have more invested in offensive line. It's different than saying they have a true number one and a good tight end. They have invested in this group. Does not mean they're good. Their defense is you playing could see, better, which helps. You could see you could see how I was, you know, that's marketing. <laughs> you just you get the good stuff out first, and then you're like, also these guys, you throw that in there as well. Um <sighs> you know, they have work to do, no question. And Justin Fields can still get better. He's still a young quarterback, but you have to make your decision. Pretty much now, like you can maybe wait two years, but mm-hmm. you're picking up his fifth year option, which is going to be uh, 20, I think about $25 million, which is going to be fully guaranteed. Like you're making a big investment right now and you're foregoing a the best chance you're going to have at that young cost controlled quarterback that feels is about to no longer be. So to me, it comes down to how you view those guys. If you think Williams or May are for sure franchise quarterbacks, and you think they are significantly better and have a significantly higher ceiling than what Justin Fields has showed, you have to make this trade. You trade Justin mm-hmm. Fields, you get a first-round pick for him, you take Sorry. a guy at one, you have all that money to work with, but if you like, to, if you don't think those guys are those guys, you trade the pick, you move down to three or four, you take whatever team is stupid enough to win games at the end of the season and not uh, get one of those top two picks and not tank the way the commanders have, you get three first-round picks from them, you still get your left tackle, you still get your star wide receiver, and you move on with Justin Fields. Charlie. This is why I agree you're here. You, you I think you have to make a trade. You have to trade Justin Fields. Yeah. And I think he's very good. I think he's worth a first round pick. And I am very interested to see what he does at his next stop. But here's the thing, too. When you made the trade last year, it worked, but you didn't have CJ Stroud as your quarterback this season. And Let's just say Drake May or Caleb Williams or both also hits. And then you've passed on all three of them. Three guys who could be three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for the next 15 years. And you had a bite at the apple to take any of the three of them and passing on that for someone who you don't believe the ceiling is as high. You have to do it, especially with the amount of draft capital you're going to accrue from fields and the amount that you accrued from the last trade. I mean, it's a bummer. You don't see normally you see guys don't who don't get through the rookie contract because they're bad by the end of it because they're massive disappointments, and that's not the case with Justin Fields. And, and, and you know what? I'll say this: he'll probably end up in a happier, better situation, so everyone will win. Yeah, I, you sure hope so. I think I would make the decision to draft the new guy. the The question is: Has the general manager and the coach done enough to save their jobs? Because I feel like midway through the season, we're expect, expecting that whole building to be cleaned out but the way that they're playing late in the season the defenses come around that's another interesting problem because you're now in uh, a situation where you might be stuck with the coach that you don't think is a guy and then you're back with this 
like you're firing the coach and bringing in another coach, which you did with Justin Fields, and that didn't work. So mm -hmm. I don't know. They are in a good situation that feels really scary. But I think the move I would make is Justin Fields has shown that he can be a dynamic, explosive, mm -hmm. impressive player, but he has not, to to my liking, shown that he is worth passing up on what could be what is being talked about as like and a real legit generational quarterback. Worth noting, Rappaport has reported that they're expecting Eber Flus to return. Flus, welcome back, Flus. Uh, things things can change. So I'm going to yeah, say that's why he's not going to. But uh, again, if 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 someone maybe a Ben Johnson leaks to you, hey, mm -hmm. you're going to draft Caleb Williams or, or or Drake May, you might get me next year, and I'm the hottest coaching prospect out there. And I had 18 two point conversion plays to run for all the the, the, the Dan Campbell plays at the end of that game. Maybe you want me to build your your offense around a new quarterback. That That's an interesting. I remember hearing. I remember hearing. Remember uh, who was it on on Tennessee? Um, Mike Malarkey. Was it was Mike Malarkey who yeah. he won a playoff game and beat the Chiefs that Alex Smith's final game, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're bringing Mike back. He's great." The next week they lost. They fired him. Like yeah. owners do not think rationally. It's an interesting that. um thing that you brought up there that I hadn't really considered is how valuable when you have a player like that how valuable mm -hmm. that piece is um, as far as attracting the next spot is every coach mm -hmm. um, coach candidate has to look at the job that they're going to take. And I assume that the bills um, or excuse me, the bears immediately become the number one most attractive destination. If they get Caleb Williams, I don't think that's the case if they stick with Justin Fitz. Right. And, and, and the only year, team, the yeah, the only team that has the ability to ensure they're going to get the quarterback they want are the Chicago Bears. The team picking a two cannot be sure they're going to get Mayor Williams. They can't go to a coach and say, if you want this one guy, we are yeah. absolutely sure we're going to land him. And that is a big difference maker. And just to put a bone that we saw that this year. I mean, we saw CJ Stroud go into a system with Bobby Slowick that accentuated the gifts that he had. So really, court hitters matter. Hot take. Oh, man. Put um, it on the Dominique Foxworth show list. <laughs> X's and O's beat Jimmy's and Joe's anytime. <laughs> well, when you combine the X's O's and Jimmy's and Joe's, you get the San Francisco 49ers, who I watched in person. And um, my minor celebrity paid off, Charlie. So take that. Ooh, did, mm. they, did they announce that uh, the Foxford family was at the game again? Or? <laughs> no. It was down on the sideline. And uh, um, Debo spotted me and came over and introduced himself and I got a picture with my son and I was cool for like 30 seconds. And then after that, I was still lame ass dad. Did he, did he say, did he say, keep telling him what's up young blood? <laughs> no, he did. He didn't. He's not old enough yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stolen valor. Old man. Samuel. Oh man. I love football. Football Dang, rules. Football. <laughs> it's the best. It's, 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 that's what it boils down to. 2024. I'm going to say it. The year of football. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, this has been the Dominique Foxworth Show presented by Allstate. Thank you, Bill, for joining us. Throw your hands up. Thank you, Charlie, for um, joining us also. Also, thank you to all. Wow. What? What happened? What did I do? It, it, Bill, really nice to me. You know, Bill, you're the best. Also, Charlie, uh, producers, yeah. just just <laughs> yeah. really just took a shot at Charlie in advance of what's going to be a very testing and trying month for him, gallivanting oh. around the U.S. 
I, I know I know how to motivate my my Charlie. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. You can't heap the praise on him right now. Just neg him a little that. bit. That's a, now that's he's a good gonna coach. he's gonna ball out in the playoffs. I guarantee you. All right, Charlie. Thanks for yeah, whatever. And thanks <laughs> to all the great producers. Cortez off the top because I always forget you. Megan, Serafina, Brian, Kevin, and we're out. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.